Are you enjoying Bourbon Podcast? Be sure to leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. And by the way, thanks for listening. Everybody, thanks for tuning in to Bourbon Podcast. The gang is all together. We've got Kyle and Joe, and I'm Ben. And we have a great guest today, renowned whiskey blender, Dixon Deadman. We're going to talk about 2XO. Joe knows this. Joe's been doing his research. That stands for Two Times Oak. We're going to ask Dixon about that. Talking about his Phoenix blend and the new one, the Innkeeper's blend. Anxious to hear what he has to say. But before we chat with Dixon, let's... Talk about some news. There's a lot going on. Of course, David Coors of the Coors Whiskey Company announced the arrival of its latest expression, Barman 1873, hit the shelves April 3rd. Coors is, um, David Coors is a fifth generation member of the Colorado family whose name is synonymous with beer. And he was the first guest on Bourbon Podcast. He's going to be coming back pretty soon to talk about everything that they're offering now. Barman 1873 is a blend of straight bourbon whiskeys that were proofed with uh, Kentucky water and also bottled in the bluegrass state. According to the company, the bourbon tastes of caramel, vanilla, grilled peach. Mm. That sounds pretty good. Grilled peach, raisin apple, traces of coffee and dark chocolate. Finishes with a hint of ginger, cinnamon, and baking spice. Bottle MSRP is about $39.99 to $42.99, depending where you are. And of course, uh, the company's first whiskey expression, Five Trail, went on to win a double gold award at the 2022 San Francisco World Spirits Competition. And he was on talking about it here. We may have some samples in our possession. I'm excited. I have not tried Barman, and I was giving him our time that I didn't even really know about it. The other one I'm excited for you guys to try that we will try when we talk to him is the uh, the cast strength, I think, is oh. very, very good. Mm. I'm anxious to try it. What's, so, what was that? What was the project that created this new release i don't know was it because you had mentioned it was like a kentucky uh no i that's why i was giving them a hard uh, time because i'm like wait i don't even really know about this so we're gonna we'll hear it from the horse's mouth yeah it's only been out for a few days i haven't seen any reviews obviously you know the five trail we tried here i mean it's it was really good it's a really drinking whiskey yeah it is it is i still have one bottle left i may share it when you guys come over i don't know i like that and that had the high kind of a higher malt profile i remember yeah oh, absolutely yeah. very unusual and different i, yeah, liked, I it's like different. it mm-hmm. so joe what's the price of a sip of 60 year old japanese whiskey per That's ounce it. what do you think one ounce oh boy let's go with i don't know maybe 1500 oh i was gonna say three, three grand i'm gonna three. price it like louis 13 <laughs> Well, you have underestimated substantially. You can buy a ticket for a taste of House of Centauri's Yamazaki 55 whiskey. There are only 100 bottles in the world and only 20 in the United States. You can buy a ticket for a meager $7,000. That's for an ounce? One ounce. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> uh, the uh, I think I'm I'm probably not pronouncing this correctly, but let me try it. Probably not. Yeah. Maltma Whiskey Library. Apparently it's a big, it's a private whiskey club in Portland, Oregon. I was on the website today. I was incredibly jealous. They're selling tickets for the one ounce pour. It is a special blend, a Japanese single malt distilled between 1960 and 1964. In June of 2022, one of the bottles sold at Sotheby's 
for $600,000. I'm just going to say, how did they procure this bottle? So maybe that was there. I don't know. Somebody. Yeah, I, I can't imagine that. That math doesn't work, though. They had to pay, no, they had to pay like 100 100 grand. Or less, yeah. You 20-some. Well, how many? Yeah. Bargain. 20 some, yeah. <laughs> uh, I love, I love Japanese crazy. whiskey, but it's our... $7,000 an ounce. The tasting, which will include, will it'll be a two-day event, July 21 and 22. It also includes a five-course dinner. Yeah. I, to go with one ounce of whiskey. <laughs> to go with one ounce. Take a yeah. sip with every course. Yeah, so that's going to be interesting. I'm anxious to see if um, what happens with that event. I'm but, betting they bring out, like, all the Yamazakis, the 12, the 18. You the, would, they're going to oh. give you something with every, and they're going to lead it right to the finale, and it's probably going to be some nice dessert that they're going to serve with the, uh, I think you're paying for the event, which still seven grand. I mean, that's like how much are master's tickets? I don't even know, or badges or whatever they call them. I mean, that's really expensive, right? I mean, so they're flying in the special guests and you know, they're doing it. It's, it's a big deal. And you know, there are only like 20 tickets left. Of course. Can you believe that? That's why this is somewhat of a non sequitur, but I was with friends in Florida, ocean reef club, beautiful place. And we go to taste wine and they had a bottle that someone had finished up DRC, which is this French wine, like the hardest find, hardest wine to find in the world, fifty, sixty thousand dollars a bottle. Wow. And somebody drank it over Christmas and we're like, Well, what's the deal? Like how did they did they come in and savor it? He goes, No, they had it before dinner. They finished it in like forty five minutes, a couple, and then they asked for another bottle of wine. And he's like, What do I serve you now? It's kinda like you, right, know, exactly. you have this one ounce and then it's like, Well, what what do we where do we go from here? Mad dog twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah. Start start back at the bottom. So uh mul- Multnomah Whiskey Library. I know I'm butchering that. I apologize. M-U-L-T-N-O-M-A-H. If you've got seven grand to spare, go buy a ticket. Athletes and whiskey. You know, we're seeing that now. The athletes are coming out with a new whiskey. Steph Curry's no exception. He has, uh, it hasn't launched yet. But news about Steph Curry's new whiskey brand was broken by one of my favorite social media accounts, Coming Whiskey. They always, they'll, they'll get the labels of the whiskey and everything. And they post it on Instagram. Oh, from TTB? From yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Right. And so they get all that. And so you know what's coming out. Anyway, they posted Steph Curry's whiskey. You know, they did one the other day with, um, uh, from Nevada. Um, he's been on our podcast and it, my, Oh, smoke wagon, smoke wagon. Yeah. They just launched smoke. They just announced smoke. Wagon, and Aaron was on there. It was like, my gosh, we haven't even announced this yet. And you guys just announced it anyway. So, um, Coming Whiskey uh, announced Steph Curry's new whiskey. It's going to be called Gentleman's Cut Game Changer. Distilled, aged, and bottled in Boone County, Kentucky. It's a high rye recipe, 75% corn, 21% rye, 4% mar- malted barley. A little low on the proof, 85 proof, yeah. minimum age of five years. What do you think, Joe? You're going to get Steph Curry's whiskey? Boone County's, yeah, you can hit a golf ball across the river and land right in the middle of MGP's facility. That's mm. what's interesting over there uh, in Kentucky. And that recipe is remarkably common over across the river. I don't, I don't, if that's distilled in Kentucky, I wonder who, is it actually Boone? It's that Boone County distillery maybe? You know what? I'm not sure, but it, it just says Boone County. I mean, five years, not yep. bad yep. compared to some other stuff we've seen. Yeah. 85. I mm. kind of roll my eyes up, but. Gotta try it. I've yep. seen I've seen Joe hit a golf ball. There's no way he could cross a river. <laughs> oh, I can crush it. Look at this right here, man. Hey, you know, uh, we could have did a whole segment on like, okay, I'll throw out a list of whiskeys, and then you tell me the first basketball player that comes to your mind. Hmm. <laughs> I I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> well, 
like basketball and whiskey just well i mean we could literally like create a whole new brand of like basketball and bourbon trading cards so this is not where you expected this to go yeah, yeah. no but you know what it's it's the thing you know a lot of actors oh a lot God. of yeah. uh athletes are coming out with their own whiskey you know some of them are going to flop some will be successful i'm sure uh we'll see how this one does 85 proof it doesn't have an msrp yet we will figure that out Everybody, thanks for tuning in. We are going to have Dixon Dedman up next. Stay tuned. Everybody, I want to introduce our guest today, renowned whiskey blender. Actually, he doesn't even need an introduction, does he? No. No. All right. Well, let me, let me if this is the first time you've ever uh, tasted whiskey or listened to a whiskey podcast, let me do the introduction anyway. Dixon Dedman is here. And uh, obviously, Dixon, is um, he's been around blending whiskey with... Uh, Kentucky Owl, and now his new Venture 2XO, which stands for Two Times Oak. Uh, we've all tried it. We're actually sitting here drinking. Dixon, I am two glasses in right now, so hopefully <laughs> I don't slur anything. You know, Dixon uh, operated the James Beard Award-winning Beaumont Inn for over a decade. Uh, news reports indicate he started there when he was eight years old. Maybe we'll chat a little bit about that. And then um, it's been in his family for over a century. I think it's operated now by his cousin. Dixon is well-known for creating Kentucky Owl straight bourbon and rye whiskey blends, a brand that he relaunched in 2014 from his great-great-grandfather, C.M. Dedman, after it closed in, two, in 1916. I almost said 2016. Yeah. <laughs> 1916, around the time of Prohibition. Dixon has won virtually every award there is to win in the whiskey industry. Uh, he's been featured in the New York Times, Forbes, Rob Report, and Playboy Magazine. Yeah. Wow. Now, see, honey, I only read it for the articles. <laughs> Dixon, thanks for joining us. Well... Thank you. That that introduction uh, is. Uh, I I hope to meet that guy one day. I don't know him. He sounds great, but <laughs> hey, you you've done a you've done a lot in a, a very short time frame. And you know, if you if, when you when you look at it now, I mean, you you started Kentucky Owl in 2014, and uh, now it was two XO. Did that start in 2022? Um, was it launched yes. in 2022? Yes. I mean, you know, that it was funny, um, not to, you know, not to, not to take this in a different direction than, than but yeah, you know, I, I, I had to make probably the hardest decision <clears throat> that I've ever made, um, which was to, you know, to leave something that was you know, so important to me that, that I had, had built and, and that I had, you know, put a lot of myself into and, and really, you know, I maybe right, wrong or indifferent felt like the, the people that I cared the most about in terms of the people who, you know, had a, an emotional or sentimental attachment to that brand. Like I, I just got to the point where I thought, you know, I, I, I've earned this trust and I've earned this, um, you know, this relationship and, and I can't, I can't all of a sudden kind of, uh, bend to some of the things that, that are being asked of me or, or take this in a place that I don't think is right for the brand or right for me personally. You know, I, 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 very cognizant about you know what's happening in in the space and 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 you know how how you know how I was thought of and 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 so I, I made that that decision and and um 
Yeah, because at the end of the day, I got to sleep at night, right? And I got to look at my kids in the eye and tell them I'm proud of what I'm doing. And, and I want to be able to, um, you know, talk to people and, 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 and talk about what I'm doing and, and not feel like I'm, um, you know, kind of like, like just dancing for, for, you know, really entertain, you know, whatever. And, and, and so, um, I did. I, I left and, and, and I created this concept called 2XO. It was, you know, I was super excited about it. It really kind of lets me go back to, um, to the blending elements that I enjoy and to the maturation components I think I'm good at. And, um, and we, <laughs> in this world now, there's, there's so much stupid money that wants to get into <laughs> to bourbon and, and everybody all this private equity money and investment barrels and stuff. But, you know, these people were willing to write ridiculous checks and, and, and that just, that just really, it really felt disingenuous. Like the first conversation is how much money do you need? And the second conversation is how fast can you get it to this valuation with this many cases of this multiple so we can sell it to the highest bidder. And I just felt like that was not the right path for me. And, and, I really got to the point where I I wasn't sure that I was going to, was going to do the two XO thing because I just thought, you know, it was just, I I was just too uh, either, you know, it wasn't like just starting brand. I was like, if I'm going to do this again, I want to do it. I want to do it the right way. I want the right situation. I want the right partners. I want the right um, feel. I want, I mean, it sounds bad, but I want a lot of the control. Right. Um, and, and so it was probably really early in 22, um, when this opportunity presented itself with a group who had all this proprietary juice that I could work with. And, and they were asking me to just consult on the liquid and tell them if it was any good or whether they should shell, sell it or if I could help them sell it or whatever. And I was like, well, let me let me show you this thing I'm working on, and you know they said we want to do that, and you know we we hashed it out, and it, I mean I pinch myself every day. It's a dream. It's a dream come true. It's an absolute dream come true for me. Well, it's getting rave. probably a much longer answer to the no, uh, <laughs> no I, it's getting rave reviews. But let me ask you. So back, you know, Kentucky Al sells. That's well documented. What was it like 17, 2017, 2018? What time frame? You know, but 17. Yeah. So 17. how long after that was it that you decided, you know what, I may go, was it all the way to 2022 before you decided you may do another uh, whiskey brand? I don't think, you know, I, I, when, when, when we did that deal and, and, and we had offers and opportunities with some of some, some much bigger outfits and, and that at that point, I just, I didn't want to be another small feather in a huge cap and, and, and Stoli, the Stoli that I partnered with in 2017 was amazing. I mean, it was, it was this very U.S. centric, um, group. They, they basically said, how can we support you? How can we help you? Your vision, let's go, you know, and I mean, it was I, I, it, for, for a long time, it was, it was fantastic. Like with anything, there were some issues in the transition and, you know, it's like, oh, you know, I mean, uh, trying to talk to them and they're like, well, I don't, I don't understand, you know, 
why aren't these barrels full? You know, it's like, well, okay. So we, you know, we, had, we did a lot of that, but the, the support and the team was great. And then there, the, the company, the, the, the organization just changed and um, good, bad, or indifferent, maybe good for them, maybe bad for them, you know, whatever. But um, I never, it, it was a long time uh, into that relationship, but before I ever was thinking, this isn't going to work for me. I mean, I, I truly believed I was going to be, you know, a Kentucky owl like that, that, that was going to be it for me. And I, it just got to a point where I said, you know, through some changes and things like that, I, I, this is, we're too, we, we just got too far apart in, in what we, what we thought was right or what we, what we were, what, what was important to us, I guess. Well, what was, what was the last Kentucky Owl bourbon batch that you were involved with the blend? Bourbon batch was 10. 10. So the last one that, that, that I did was 10. Um, I think in, in 2020, I did uh, the, the last rye, batch four rye, uh, dry state and batch 10 of bourbon. Those were the last, those are the last ones that, that I did. All right. When you look back on those, and this is completely unfair question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, which is the one that stands out to you? Cause Joe has his, Joe's tried them all and he's got them all. I have no, he's so eager to tell you, but you get to answer first. <laughs> now, which yeah, is I, the one that stands out oh, to you that oh, you oh, think, oh, man, that's the one that I'm most proud of, or that's the one that I, I enjoy the most. Well, start with the rye, oh, the rye, because well, of those four, three yeah. or of all of them. Let's do, let's do the bourbon and the, and the rye. Yeah. It's separately. Yeah. I'd be curious. Yeah. Um, I, so with the bourbon, it's, it's kind of weird because I have this like crazy sentimental and emotional attachment to the second batch because I always believe that like, you know, the first one you sell is great. Uh, but if the second one sucks, nobody's buying the third one. Right. So, you know, we had that success with the first one. And, and so I, I put, you know, I spent a lot of time on the second one, but truth be told, I think, honestly, I think the number nine is probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite of the, of the bourbons that I made of those 10, like nine was just, it's so big, but it's just, I love that whiskey. Seven would be six and seven would be close seconds, but, Mm -hmm. but nine was, um, was pretty special to me. And Um, And then what about the rise? The, the, the rise are a funny thing, right? Because I did batch one and it was great. And, um, and then I, and I, I don't know if it was a, if it was the proof or what it was, but like two is the one that, that I, I think that's the sleeper in the bunch. Mm-hmm. I love batch two. Like I, I have to hide batch two from myself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's, I, you know, it, it's just so, so easy to drink. Um, and so, uh, you, you know, you just kind of don't know. It's just, it's just like, it's got all the things I want in a ride, but it's not, it's not over like two. I think two is my favorite of the rise for sure. So I'm, we're going to get back on two XO, but I'm going to ask you this question because I ask it of almost all of our guests. When Dixon Devman goes home in the evening and he wants to enjoy a drink, what does he drink? It's usually a gin and tonic or a glass of wine. Yeah. No, no, no blender. One, no, says, no one says bourbon. No. It's either water or I, wine. Yeah, it's just, it's funny because I, 
and I don't know when that happened. And sometimes I kind of want to, um, I kind of want to kick my own ass for answering the question that way. And mm-hmm. I'm sorry if that's, uh, if I'm breaking the rules here. But oh, not, not, a, not at all. Good. Um, say whatever you want. You know, I, and I, I'm, but I'm not really sure when it, when it happened, but you know, it got to the point where like, it's it, it like you go home and, and then you, and I, like I used to, when I was, doing the doing the end stuff and all that stuff and uh, you know i was i'd be cleaning up the kitchen thinking about what i was going to pour what i what the second pour was going to be and what the third pour was going to be and then you get to a point where you know it's just it's a lot of travel and it's a lot of tasting it's a lot of and, and um yeah i'm not really sure when it just became like because i can't take it off anymore like i can't I, somebody hands me something and I'm immediately like, Hmm, okay, where does this register on my palate? Where do I feel this? What do I, you know, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's work. I mean, yeah. it's making, yeah, it's, 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 now I, not, that's not to say I don't love it. Cause, um, and if my wife were on here, she'd be like, Oh, he's lying. He loves it. <laughs> um, you know, but you know, it's, it, 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 it has, it's kind of funny because it's become that like, yeah, it's like work. You have a go-to gin that you you like? I'm curious. So I used to be a big and still a big no wets gin guy, um, but uh, my like sneaky everyday gin. Um, well, I got a couple, but and I'm not not to sound like a gin snob, but like New Amsterdam gin for the money is a phenomenal gin as far as I'm concerned, and that's I, I think maybe I, I gravitated to gin because it's like as far from a, a glass of bourbon as you can get. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but yeah, it makes sense. I mean, if you're doing that all day, you just want something different, right? I, I, I get that. But you, I, mean, I mean, without exception, every, every guest we've had, always, said, no, nobody says bourbon. whiskey. Yeah, yeah. Nobody says whiskey or any alcohol, really. Maybe wine, I guess. Yeah. Maybe. Wine or, um, but gin, you know, gin caused the, the great prohibition in, um, in England. So there's your link to, American whiskey. <laughs> Joe with an arcane fact. I had to throw that out there. Because, you know, when I'm in Vegas twice a year, Dixon, Belvedere, and Tonic, they I can get them at the craps table, and I will sure. drink, drink those like they are no tomorrow. I, and I feel great in the morning. So, Dixon, we've actually had this uh, 2XO several times, um, the Phoenix blend. I, I brought it in here when I were doing the podcast. We were talking about something else, but we were drinking the the Phoenix blend. Tell us a little bit about it. I mean, when, so 2022, you come up, uh, you decide you're going to do the two XO. How long does it take from an idea to go through your head to get it, you know, out on the market? Well, I mean, I had essentially, I created the concept of the brand and how I wanted to, you know, to go about it. And, you know, we were talking all this private equity money and I was going to be in a situation where I was going to, uh, you know, I was just going to have to start sourcing. Somebody was going to, write a big fat check and I was going to have to source juice and, and, and pay somebody to create labels and glass and bottle and blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. And, um, so I got, I get this call from, from my partner's prestige beverage group, uh, and come to find out that starting in like 2015, um, they they were able to start laying down 500 barrels a year of a proprietary mash bill, um, you know, Kentucky straight stuff, 
that um, they actually hired um, in, you know, just off his retirement, a very infamous um, retired master distiller to design the mash bill. Um, it's a 35% rye mash bill. So if you read between the lines, you probably figure out exactly who we're talking about here. Um, but they had this juice and this access to this other uh, steady supply of Kentucky straight. And, you know, I, I just, I, I was able to get my hands on this stuff and play around with it. And I was like, this, this, is, this stuff's phenomenal. I mean, this is, this is great stuff. It, it was probably what, five and a half, six years old at that point. Um, now I've always been, and will always be. And I think other people look at this differently. Uh, and that's okay. Like that's, that's totally, we, you know, but I, I just, I've never wanted to be the guy that says, I'm just going to take your whiskey, put it in my bottle and say, Oh, this is mine. I blended it. This is, this is a creation of mine. Um, and I, I just, you know, I, I just don't, I don't know. I, I, unless I can, unless I could put my thumbprint on it, unless I can make it, you know, unless I can, can work with it, develop it, do some different things with it. I, I just don't feel comfortable with, with, you know, I mean, so I'm not just going to buy a whole bunch of four year old green river and put it in a bottle and say, Hey, here's my new thing. Right. Well, um, you want something you can be proud of, but how many is like, how many, how long does it take so, you to come up with a blend yeah, so that you would like? Basically in, let's see. Jan January of last year, I think. January of 2022, I took 150 150 barrels of the oldest stocks of that 35% high rye, and I dumped them uh, from the barrels they were in, and I filled the, uh, put them in new charred oak barrels uh both a char three and char four container um and so when somewhere around august i guess i put this blend together the phoenix blend that you've got uh which consists of essentially four components um one component is uh, some juice that was available to me that's a low rye like 18 percent rye bourbon Nashville, Kentucky straight stuff. It was really a blending element it has these great kind of spicy notes and a little, um, a little bit of a fruity component. And then, uh, the second component is that high rye, uh, from the original container. Uh, and that comprised about 40% of the blend, maybe like 35. And then the other two components are the high rye, that spent about eight months in both, or I'm sorry, probably about seven months in both the number three and number four new charred barrels a second time. So 65% of, of what's in the Phoenix blend is double barreled high ride distillate uh, from two different uh, char levels. And, you know, for me and what we're doing, I mean, they're, you know, barrel, barrel bourbon is a great example of another one, but there are very few, brands that are uh mingling different distillates from different producers um and really you know kind of 
emphasizing more of the the blending aspect uh, and 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 different maturation techniques to create different inventories with which to blend. Um, but that's really the genesis of the whole 2XO program. So yeah, that's fascinating and, mm-hmm. and even more complex than I understood before, Dixon. I mean, speaking of blending, and you're very clear about you know, you are a blender, but have you? I'm sure you considered over the years distilling, right? And I, I'm curious because as we've done the podcast, that be, that seems like a trend that we're hearing more and more, and that there are folks that which I love, which are straight up, hey, I'm a blender. That's it. I'm not going to distill. There's that's a whole different kind of deal. So how did you think about that over the years? Well, I mean, you know, I've always said, and, and, and I, well, here, here, here's, here's something controversial for y'all that I probably haven't said before, but like I was, you know, Stoli was all in on this, whatever, a hundred million, 200 million, 300 million, $400 million Kentucky Owl park thing, distillery, you know, all this stuff. And I was like, Okay, I mean that 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 that's cute. That makes people really excited, and um, you know whatever. But if you look at the landscape of American whiskey right now, and, and as we say in Kentucky, like you can't swing a dead cat without hitting somebody that's building a distillery right now. And and that that doesn't necessarily mean that everybody's juice is going to be good, but that means there's a lot of opportunity for uh for barrels out there and yeah i i guess it's a really it's a great feeling to say yeah i i I took this from grain to glass um but for me you know i my i work with maturate like i i work with blending i work with um you know let's take this liquid and let's move it to the bottom of this rickhouse and try to get it here or let's you know, you focus on the microclimates and the different aging facilities and that type of thing. You know, from a business perspective, I just never understood how you can get out from under a 30 or 40 or $250 million investment uh, when there's plenty of people that you can say, hey, I want you to make this for like make this for me uh, and 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 for, you know, save on the, the overhead of having. I don't know, built something that is going to take 30, 40, 50 years and, and you're going to have to hit a home run to, <clears throat> to pay it off. No, I, um, yeah, it makes total sense to me. I mean, they, we, we've had several folks on who work with Bardstown and, you know, their model is interesting, but it's at a pretty big scale and they, it's a, it's a very distinct model of like, Hey, we can do this for a lot of people. We can do it at a big scale. Like maybe we have a little of our own product, but that's really not the focus. I agree with you though. I mean, I think what you're doing is really interesting but you're seeing more people say what you're saying, which is like, no, I'm just going to blend. There's yeah. a ton of good product. I can source it. Well, I mean, I, you know, I, I, and, and I, I'm sure I've given a lot of advice or, and, well, I know I've given a lot of advice. Probably a lot of it's been bad, but you know, people are like, Hey, Dixon, we found this piece of land and, and we think, you know, we could put a distillery here and do this and then create this brand and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, do you, like, how long do you intend to be in debt? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I, you know, because, there, you know, if you, you know, you, you can go and, and whether it's BDC or anybody else and say, hey, I'd like to set up an arrangement over the next X number of years for you to make these barrels. I want it done. These are the these are the temps. I want everything set at this is the mesh build this is the you know, this is the char level. This is where I want you to store it, blah, 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 blah. And 
that's a that's a much different proposition mm-hmm. than buying some dirt and putting a couple hundred million you know, dollars in <laughs> uh, you know, a bunch of money in it and then trying to figure out how you're going to sell some cases. Um, that's the way I look at it. I mean, I, you know, I could run a distillery for probably a week, week and a half before it would explode. And I've never, <laughs> I always, I, I always correct people when they refer to me as a distiller or master. Distiller. Like, no, 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 no. Um, that's not me. You know, yeah. I, I, but, you know, what I what I enjoy doing is 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 my you know working with samples, monitoring uh, product as it develops, and then uh, sitting down with a whole bunch of uh, different you know different styles of paint and 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 creating a canvas that uh, is hopefully pleasing to people who want to enjoy it. You know, what I think is interesting is you know we had uh, Jackie Zykin right on on our show and. Um... I'd love to see the two of you all on a panel together because, you know, her effort to blend is so uh, distinct and different than yours. I mean, it's, it's great to kind of hear what you did with this uh, 2XO profile. I mean, there she's working with it like, okay, now I'll work with one distillery, you know, or yep. I'll blend their products and then I'm... I won't, I won't be held by boundaries. I'll go to Virginia and maybe I'll do something there. Um, but what you're doing is very interesting. Uh, I was really intrigued by, you know, the process you went through to finish the, you know, what you were finishing as part of that, like 65% that you were yielding for that 2XO. Um, it's, you're, you're part of the new wild west. Yeah, it's cool. Well, it's very it is, cool. But, you know, like Jackie, I mean, Jackie's a, She's a freaking rock star. Like she's cool. We we you know we've we we ended up I don't know how many times like in the corner of some bar talking through crazy stories and you know whatever. And it's just we kind of we're we kind of are cut from the same cloth in that you know like I, I there were people I asked a lot of questions of, but I kind of said, hey, this is this is the way it works for me and this is the way um I, I this is the way when i look at it on paper it makes sense to my head and, and that type of thing and and you know i i think we you know i i never there was a period there um uh, where some of the big people said hey why don't you come and be our blender and come do our and i thought you know I really like the ability to do what I want to do and to make blends that make me happy um, and then hopefully make other people happy. And the idea, whether, whether you're blending stuff from Virginia or Texas or Colorado or wherever, like, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't, you know, and, and I think that's what, what made her do kind of what she did. It's like, there's, you know, you're not making it for a panel to approve. You're saying, Hey, this is, this is my creation right here that I want to, that I want to put out there. And you have to have some thick skin to do that and some confidence to do that. But it's not like, okay, well, I want to put this together and then, I'm going to hand this over to a whole bunch of people in lab coats with clipboards who are going to pick it apart and do all this stuff. And it's like, you know, I, the, that, and, and, and people do that. And, and it's a great thing for some people, but for others of us, you know, we just, it, it's kind of a way to, 
I don't know, express yourself, I guess. Yeah, you're a rare bird, you and Jackie. Well, it's kind of the anti-corporate, you know, we want to be yeah. part of this yeah. conglomerate. We're going to do our own thing, which, you know, a lot of people respect and well, you're both having success at it. Well, but how cool, yeah. And how cool is it that this is how far whiskey's come where, you know, 10 years ago it was either a big brand or it was someone pretending like they had this long story and they were buying source whiskey and, you know, like pretending it was a grandpa's recipe. And now we're at a place, Dixon, where you're able to do this be very clear and transparent about what you're doing, create great product. And it's like, there's room, there's room for more ways to do this, which I think is really, yeah. I mean, we were, I was having this conversation with somebody the other day and I'm sure y'all talked about it before, but you know, like when I, when we, and it, you know, it didn't, it didn't hit me until we released. So I started the whole Kentucky out project probably 2011. We released the first in 2014, but in like 2014, NDP, like it was such a dirty word. Like people, were yeah. like, oh, Kentucky, yeah, they're just an NDP. They, you know, like it's just funny the way, and and the uh, you know how 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 much more educated the consumer is, but how much more the appreciation for, um, you know what what people like Jackie are are accomplishing. You know, putting great things together, and and you know it's not it's just it's just funny how how that was such a it was so taboo yeah. and, and you know we all had to like overcome that and now it's like yeah nobody even talks about that stuff anymore it's, just, well, it's interesting to me speaking of appreciation the guys have appreciated the hell out of this phoenix blend we're almost at the, uh, <laughs> we're almost out of it. yeah hey tell us a little bit about the uh, i need my third blend. glass here so joe is uh i can't help it yeah we want to know more about the innkeepers blend because we haven't had it but we're excited to get it now well, i'll be honest I, with you I'll i am very excited some, to pick it up. But yeah the innkeepers is is fun because um you know it's essentially made up of uh, of the same components now this it's not the same round of of barrels and different lots and things like that but it's, it's the same you know it's the same um essentially the same components in different ratios so far less of the low rye uh more of the high rye from the original barrel uh much more of the double barreled number three char stuff and significantly less of the number four. Um, so it, I actually think that it, it has a little more viscosity. The innkeepers has a little more viscosity and like thickness on the front end, but a much more pronounced um, finish and a, and a kind of a longer and a little heavier finish than, than the, the Phoenix blend. The Phoenix blend is is dangerously light to me like it, it just you know i'm like going through it like i don't know i'm just kind of sitting there talking and all of a sudden i'm like oh my gosh that's empty yeah, again yeah. that's empty again and that's empty again yeah, that's um, where we're at right now yeah, yeah. we're, 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 we're looking at each other we're like uh the bottle's empty <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i, I think like the innkeeper has a little more and it's not a it's not an alcohol thing it's just there's there's just a it, it's a longer it's a heavier um, back end piece on it. I, I think it, and so for a lot of people, it kind of registers as a, a little bigger whiskey than the, than the Phoenix. I'm not, like, I can't really say I go, uh, one way or the other. It's kind of a, like a mood thing. Um, but it, it, it I, I think it's, it, it definitely has, uh, a more pronounced, um, kind of spice on the back end. So Phoenix is 104 proof. What is uh, what's the innkeeper? What proof is same? It? 
Same. So everything in that and, Icon series will be 104. And then what do we got next, Joe? You, well, no, you, I, was, I was curious. So, but the so the uh, is it the what's what's making that uh, giving it more viscosity? Because like even in the tasting notes of the creme brulee and the plum yeah, and the cherries. Yeah, I think and, what I, what's cool about these blends is you know it, it's bottled at 104, but uh, the Phoenix blend when I dumped all those barrels, that blend was 113. Uh, so it's, it's just 113 to 104. Uh, the innkeeper's blend was 112 to 104. So, you know, as you, as you dilute, for lack of a better term, as you, as you bring down proof, you know, you lose viscosity and you lose sweetness. Um, if those things, if, if those blends were 125 down to 104, they'd be pretty one dimensional back of the palate. Um, you know, kind of quick, quick through the front and, and, and spice. Uh, but the, you know, that's, that's not a lot of water that's being added to those blends. And, and that double barreling is where you get a lot of that richness, that syrupy quality, that kind of, kind of coats your mouth and, 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 and that viscosity. Um, and, and I think that's, that's that to me, that's really what sets those apart. Uh, and it sets this program apart is that we're, you know, there's, I mean, I'm going to do single barrels in the, in the fall, uh, exclusively of the double barreled high ride distillate. Um, they're going to be at 108. So those barrels are mm. about 110 coming out of the barrel. Um, I'm going to put them all at 108. But they're the, just these big, almost like chewy, like you can feel it. Um, and I think that's, you know, that, 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 that's a real, uh, kind of line of demarcation, uh, from, from a lot of other stuff that's out there with, with what we're doing with 2XO. That's exciting. Yeah. Single barrel. That's very exciting. I got to put chewy into my, my vocabulary now. Yeah. I like that. That's a really good description of something that's just something that you you can really chew on when you're drinking it. So your third release, uh, forthcoming, the tribute blend, Tribute and, blend, yeah. So that's actually the, um, and, and that, it, it is funny, like as I was referencing earlier, you know, we, and I've had this conversation. I, I remember having this conversation with Stoli King too. I was like, look, you don't understand. In this bourbon world, like if you apply for, you know, if, if you submit this label for TTB application, as soon as you get approved, it becomes public like it goes on their website (laughs) and i was like in this world we live in this bourbon craze like people wake up in the morning and refresh that website every 15 minutes to be the first ones to know what's coming next (laughs) it's like you know and and which is amazing like so so cool but you know it's like we've got we've got we've had approval for like three things and everybody's like oh tribute and i was like Wait, wait, we haven't even launched the innkeepers yet. And people are already <laughs> on tribute because it came across the TTB site. Everybody got, got excited about it. But um, that that tribute label, that's actually uh, my family crest on the front of that, the Deadman family crest. And, and you know, went through this little thing. My dad's fine, but he had a little health scare. And I was like, you know, I want to make I want to make a whiskey for my dad. Like, I want to make I want to make one, um, you know, that, that really uh, you know, that, that's special to us and special to him. And I think, you know, I, I, I remember showing him the first, um, kind of mock label, uh, that had, had our family crest on it. And, uh, you know, one of the few times I've seen my father 
cry, you know, and he just got so emotional. He was like, this is just so damn cool. And uh, so, you know, that, that's that's the fun thing about these icon series is that, you know, each one is going to have a different story and, and it's going to be a personal story. It's a me story. It's about where I was or what I was feeling or what was going on in my life. And and, and each one's going to be different and it's going to be, uh, you know, comprised of and, 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 and kind of built on uh, just just what I had available and, and, and the best whiskey that, you know, that I could make at that time. We're anxious to try it. Yes. We yep. are excited. We're going to get some, uh, innkeeper. We're going to, we'll probably do a proof positive review on that one. Anxious yep. to try it. And then of course we will, uh, wait for the tribute. Dixon, man, thank well, you so much for coming we'll on. The tribute, And then you guys can come up and we'll get you white lab coats and clipboards. And you can, <laughs> uh, you, know, you, can, you can act, you know, as my, uh, as the tasting panel. Well, Dixon, you have to understand our reviews. If you listen to one, it's all, especially for me, I'm Kyle and Ben, it's thumbs up, thumbs down. That's all we know. We have, we're idiots. We know nothing. They are uh, red light, green light, Yes, but but they know what they like and they know what they don't. We're your target audience. We're green light on the Phoenix. That's right. Yeah. We we love the Phoenix blend. Uh, very anxious to try the others. And thank you for taking time out from your vacation. I know you are, uh, are uh, on vacation with your family and uh we appreciate you coming on listen it is my pleasure i appreciate the opportunity um i love listening to you guys and, and what you do uh you you guys are so real and so honest and so fun and and so not full of shit and that is such a, <laughs> such a, a breath of fresh air so um, you know, to be you know invited, I, I really do uh, appreciate it. I want to say thank you sincerely for the opportunity. Thanks so much. Thanks. Thank you. Appreciate it. Not at all. Let's let, get let me get you some. Um, let me get you some tribute, and we'll 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 like taste it together on a on an episode. Absolutely. What I was like thinking that. is we can maybe make, let's make the trip out because yeah, we're we we're just a few hours away yeah, from you. I tell you what, when we're ready to do that, we could come out and just do a video, and then we'll yep. we'll, we'll do a we'll YouTube do a podcast and, and instant everything. Yeah. Too. yeah, I mean, I got a tasting room. We can do it. That's Beautiful. Great. Let's Part do that. Great. Enjoy your Thank vacation. You. Yeah, have fun. Thanks, buddy. All right, guys, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Great podcast. Wow, um, man, he's uh. I mean, how real yeah. was that? I mean, you know, it's a, so the Kentucky Owl, it, it's got, it had great reviews. It had such a big following. Uh, he went into that, honestly, in more depth than I thought he was going to, which we appreciate. I, and Joe was like vibrating in his seat. Joe, I just could Joe wanted to, <laughs> Joe wanted to ask him so many questions about Kentucky Owl. But you know what? He's passed, He's got this great new, uh, new company, 2XO. I love the Phoenix plan. Yeah, I do too. And, you know, the time we were in here before drinking it, uh, I took it home. And a lot of times what I will do, I will take one home, let it sit there a month, and then see if I want to go back to it. I kept going back. Yeah. And so I was at Liquor Barn. They had one bottle left. So I grabbed another bottle. Um, it, it's a hit. It's getting great reviews. And uh, I can only imagine the innkeeper and then tribute will be uh, a success. As well, well, and how he, I mean, I appreciate how much detail he went into on the mash bills and which components and the, you know, the double aging on some of it. I mean, I had no idea. I just assumed before we started talking that he was taking some blend and then, you know, re-aging. Just re-barreling. Yeah, right. re-barreling for six months or 12 months or whatever. It's like, no, no, no. Nope. Some of it is, some of it, I mean, that was, that was cool. Yeah, it was very intense. Um, I, I mean, I have to admit, I'm very skeptical. I'm not a big fan of all the, the new kind of releases that are out there. So, I mean, I came into this 
um, a, a big fan of Kentucky Owl, but I, I, no, I didn't know what to expect from 2XO. I do not own a bottle, you know, but it does make me want to go out now and get the, that, the, you know, the Phoenix blend and get the, you know, the, the new. I'm excited. Um, exactly. The single bird? Uh, yeah, really excited for the single bird. Because he's the real deal. Yeah, I mean, he's the real deal. And Jackie Zykin did the same thing to yep. me. I came into that interview thinking, what exactly are we going to get from her? And when I walked out of there like, wow, okay, I get what she's trying to do. These two are in two of probably the top five icons in blending right now out there. I mean, and it's, it's really, really great to kind of get his perspective uh, on the history of Kentucky Owl. Um, and he's very transparent about it. And those are all wonderful. Like the fact that he was there for the first four batches of rye, the first 10 batches of bourbon. So he stayed around after batch seven, which, that, that you know, batch eight on would be you know, after acquisition. Stole, yeah. yeah. So he did stay around for a little while and he cut his teeth and then eventually said, you know what? No, I mean, I kind of want to, I want to do what I want to do. And and now I'm kind of like, wow, I need to go out and get these bottles. Yeah. Yeah. We, we definitely want to, we need to do a side by side. Yeah. And you know what I love about it? And I said this after the Jackie Zakin interview is, you know, she had the comfort, you know, she's with Brown Foreman, old Forrester. She had the comfort and she said, you know what? F it. I'm going to do my own thing. Yep. And, and he had the comfort, you know, he had, he could have been there, you know, they're talking about the, you know, the Kentucky out Disneyland or whatever they're building. I mean, we could, no, he had the private could, equity after that. It's like, well, yep, Hey, look, you know, all that. And yep. for them to be able to, I mean, this, it's like bourbon badass, right? They're just like, we're going to yep. do what we want yep. to do. It's not about the money. It's about the quality of the product. And, and you know what? Anytime you focus on quality instead of money, you always make money. Make money. You, know, yeah. you know, Ben, if we were doing video, we could actually start a bourbon badass board. And and I, I, honestly, and you could literally have like magnets and you can kind of decide who's ranked yeah. one through five or whatever. But I mean, we've had a lot of bourbon badasses on this. Yeah, we really have. We've had, I mean, David Kors, unbelievable. And again, uh, getting uh, Dixon Deadman and now and Jackie's like, I mean, we are guys. He apparently uh, has listened to this podcast. I mean, come on, we made it, <laughs> yeah, baby. We made We're it. Trying. And, and you know, I had messaged him probably, uh, probably four months ago. You know, the the good thing about the podcast now is we've got people messaging us wanting to be on, which is awesome, right? But who knew? I wanted to get Dexon Deadman on, and I had followed him on social media, and and you know, had tried the products, and uh, he always responded. Always. Now his schedule's crazy. I mean, you know, here he is, you know, this was in 2022 when I started messaging, he's launching two XO and you got some, this, this idiot who's on a podcast that's <laughs> yeah. messaging him. He always responded. He was always so cordial, always so nice. Yep. I, I think that's what, you know, that it's that, it's that personal touch, yep. you know, those guys. And, and even if you go over Julian Van Winkle, who was a, about as cool and as humble and I said this, you know, Julian there you could go. be number standing, one on the bourbon badass yeah, board. He could be yeah. standing behind no you at Walmart and you would not know yeah. any, I mean, he's just a humble guy. And, th- and that's the way that I look at Dixon. And that's the way that I look at uh, Jackie. She's going to do their own thing. They're not in it yeah. for, yep. you know, fame or money. The money will come obviously <laughs> and has, yeah. but. And what do they all have? About all of them, Freddie Johnson included. They have a story. They have a great yeah. story to tell. And that's kind of like what makes, I think, it's like the hidden secret of bourbon. It really is. It really is. The hidden secret is all the stories to be told. Yep. That's all I got to say about that. And and for the record, you know, I actually have two bottles of that Kentucky Owl Rye, okay, 
batch number two. Yeah. For that exact reason, it's right there in my little book. And we should, you know, what we need to do. We need to next time we're all together, we'll, we need to pop one of those open. He oh, says like it this. to us all the time. Yeah, he's like, well, but every time I say it. I'm going to bring a bottle, Ben's like, oh, no, oh, that's we true. got we got too many bottles. That's but fair. Well, I'm ready to do that. But and I would say like that batch six, I've had it. And I, I had two bottles of it, and that batch six of the Kentucky Al Bourbon was just like. Crazy, good, outstanding. And he prefers, he said he preferred nine, right? Two, nine. Yeah, he said and nine. He said, but he seven. said six and seven yeah. were, were, were two were was right sentimental, there. six and seven were probably right his nine. favorite, yeah. but nine was the one, right. The weird thing about, see, when he went from batch seven to batch eight and then forward, it jumped from like 1,300 to like eight, like 3,000 and then up to like five, eight, can you imagine like the pressure that was being put on him as those batches are being released later? And you're going to have to like, oh, it's no longer like this six barrel blend, Yeah. but it's yeah. like, we're, we're asking you to do this massive blend of barrels. It's like, maybe I don't want to do that. I don't yeah, know. Just, it changes everything. It changes everything. It does. It really sure. does. Well, it's amazing. you know, those, those older bottles of Kentucky Owl still, yeah. I mean, the secondary yeah. market is crazy, crazy for them. Crazy. And you know, the two XO like I said, when I went into uh, Liquor Barn, there was only one bottle left when I was there, and I snagged it, and I'd already had one bottle, um, and now you guys owe me another bottle because yeah. you drank it. You know, the thing is, is that um, it's a $100 bottle, right? Like, if we were going to do a proof positive, we would look at that and say, what I, you know, after, uh, before the interview, maybe I wouldn't spend $100 on the bottle. After the interview, and I kind of know the story and, like, what he, like, the passion he put into that bottle... And the more we've had of this, which is about three or four glasses deep now, you know, it does have all those profiles that we're looking for. Yep. Yeah. In a really good blended bourbon. It's it's a good drinker. I'm yeah. anxious to try the innkeeper. So, um, and then the tribute when it eventually comes out. And uh, we'll see if we can snag a single barrel. Yes, I think we can. And do an on-site uh, podcast there. He basically with, said with we could come blend the tribute with him, right? Am I, did I hear that can you wrong? Imagine? Yeah. Did I hear How that badly right? would we with set that up? <laughs> Yeah. So it's, he's like, we're not going to use this, but good effort. No, yeah. we're going to give you guys a um, left hand, be a red light, uh, right hand, green light. And you guys are like, no, that's, that, that doesn't taste right. Red that's light, the way, that's the green light. Right. We're going to like maneuver that uh, blend right where we that's want right. it to be. Hey everybody, I hope you've enjoyed this episode with Dixon Deadman. Make sure you give us a review on uh, Apple, Spotify. Where else are we? Thursdays, right? Check us Thursdays. out Thursdays. Check it out. Yeah. Yep. Try to TikTok, release an episode every Facebook, Thursday. If it's not, or... if it's not with an interview, it will be, uh, our proof positive, which we try to do a 10 minute review of whatever the latest, greatest is. And, um, thanks for tuning in. Get your summer feel good feeling Get your summer